Uh, who's the worst HOA character and why is it Jerome? This is why it's true. Yeah. The whole episode speaks for itself. Sabrina. Any of this? Backwards. See what I did there? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Nimbus Backwards podcast. We're recapping episode 24, House of Lights, House of Lights. And we have a special guest, Vivian. Vivian, say hi. Hi, guys. Welcome. Welcome to the chaos. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> We're excited to have you. We're very excited to have you. Uh, Viv is our long-term friend, who I think I forcibly made watch House of Yeah, you made me watch it. But I'm glad that you did. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good, it was a good forced watch. <laughs> and I rewatched it recently. In the summer too, so I'm up to date. I remember. That's good. <laughs> so <laughs> I've watched it, so I I know what happened. Yeah. So guys, as you all know, the 10 year anniversary of House of Anubis is coming up on January 1st, 2021, which is wild. I'm feeling old, um, but we thought we could maybe do something to celebrate the anniversary and give it to the cast. So we're gonna put together a compilation video of you guys and all the fans so we're gonna put a link to like a google form uh we'll put it on our social media it'll probably be in our link tree um so definitely check that link out and you can send it 30 second video clip or audio clip of you just saying whatever you want to the house of anubis cast like thanking them for the show or like how why you like the show how it's impacted your life whatever we'll edit it and then we'll give it to them on the first and hopefully they'll see it we'll expand their social media and stuff but yeah it'd be really great if you guys submit Question. Do we have a cutoff day for submissions? Yes, I put the 26th, December 26th. So it'll give me a week to put it together. Also, though, don't tell the cast. Don't tell the cast because it's got to be a surprise. So don't like say anything to them as if anyone like talks to them. But if you do, <laughs> don't say anything. And so on that fun note, I have a disclaimer to make about this episode. So, um, you know, I'm not Jerome's number one fan, but I'm not even close. Um, I'm probably like he, I would fight that man on sight. So he's kind of a jerk this episode. Like he's extra. He's he's a lot. So if please don't take anything too personally. If we uh, drag him a lot, we made the joke that this is going to be House of Anti Jerome, but uh, he's not a nice guy. This one. Yeah. If you love Jerome, I would skip this episode. I'm sorry, but I'm not happy with him this episode. None of us are. And. I apologize if you're Jerome Stan. He's not being a nice person right now, and we're gonna kind of come for him. Uh, I'm gonna fight him on sight. Meet me behind the Walmart at 2 a.m., buddy. Meet me yeah. behind the mall, but not really, because I think. <laughs> no, that's Nettie Summer Romance. This is fighting Jerome. <laughs> Don't meet me behind the mall, bro. Alfie can meet me behind the mall any day of the week. Flora's having a trillion. All right, kids, it's already a chaotic start. Buckle in. Anyway, so we open with the theme song, iconic, show shopping. Um, then Alfie's inside the sarcophagus, screaming, help, I'm young, I'm overprivileged, I have a lot to give. We see Jerome mutter, no one double crosses me, then louder he asks Alfie if it's him. Alfie asks Jerome to let him out. Jerome asks what he's doing in there, and Alfie screams and cries, please. Jerome lets him out, telling Alfie that he's lucky he was here. Jerome lets Alfie out, and he tells him he saved his life. Jerome says, yeah, saved it right up while giving him a pleading look as Alfie walks away. Jerome smirks. All I said is, Jerome is on site already. We open with the scene. 
He's just being so manipulative already, and it's just going to get worse, but I hate it, and it's not fun to watch. Um, I'm a Jerome anti-first and a person second. Also, in season two, isn't his like, big fear like small spaces? Do you think this is why? <sighs> oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, yeah. Yes. This combined with like the whole like kind of being trapped in the cellar hiding from the secret ceremony situation. Yeah. And do you know who was the reason he was trapped in the cellar anyways? Jerome. Jerome. Listen, guys, I'm an Alfie stan. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Alfie is my favorite. I love him. And I want to protect him. And Jerome. Mm. <laughs> 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 Sips truly. That's all I have. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. At breakfast, Amber is asking if her eyes look bad because late nights have been wrecking havoc on her beauty routine. Nina asks if anyone has seen Alfie this morning saying she hopes he's okay. And is this the only time anyone references them never getting any sleep? Honestly, I think so. Because there's that entire episode of season two where they try to stay up all night. Um, also, Sabuna alone at breakfast count. She, she says Albino? Is it Albino? <laughs> <laughs> or Albino? <laughs> Maybe it's a British pronunciation? British fans, let us know. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> Eddie? It must be. That's funny. Alfie walks in and they ask him out last night and how he's doing. He holds out the elixir and they tell him he did a good job. Fabian asks Alfie if he got the other thing. Alfie says he looked for the gem sphere, but he wasn't able to find anything that looked right. Patricia wonders if it might not be in the cellar and Nina repeats the clue. Amber asks Alfie if he's okay and asks them why they disappeared and left him last night. They have no idea what he's talking about and so they only went back to the rooms after he told them he was safely back in his room. He is confused and they say that he told them over the walkie-talkie. He then has a realization and walks out of the room. Buddha was like so proud of him and I'm soft in this this chilies. Alfie asks Jerome if he stole the walkie-talkie and pretends to be Alfie last night. Jerome denies it and Alfie says that someone must have stolen it because he didn't radio at all when he was down there. Jerome says the walkie-talkie woke him up because Alfie dropped it and Jerome says he didn't pick it up or speak on it and that's where Alfie left it, picking it up from the table. He says he can't believe Alfie is accusing him, his best friend. Alfie says they should forget about it and apologizes. Jerome says that Alfie really hurt him and Alfie says he can have his Danish. Jerome takes the Danish and says, cheers. Alfie asks if they're good now and Jerome smiles slightly. Jerome is a little bean. The worst. Literally being the worst. Lynn, yes. his character development throughout the seasons that I'm not even a Jerome anti, but he's being extremely manipulative towards Alfie and put Alfie in danger. This episode's made me a Jerome anti. <laughs> As like the designated Jerome anti of this podcast, um, I hope he chokes. Also, can Alfie just punch him? Yes. Oh Please. my god, I would love that. Can you imagine if Jerome and Alfie got into a fight? They should have gotten into a fight. Jerome could have lived in his room by himself. Alfie could have moved in with Fabian and Eddie. It would have been great. I need Jerome to get in a fight with Mick because you know Mick would kick his ass. And like, I know Mick has anger issues and he needs to work on them, but Jerome kind of deserves to get his ass. And he deserves it. Season two, that would have been great. <laughs> Jerome asked what they were all up to last night looking for the cup of ink. Alfie asked how he knew about that. Jerome says, God, and says he knows plenty and that he needs to know more because he has someone paying him big bucks for this information. Alfie looks stressed and Jerome tells him to tell him what he knows. At school, Alfie's sadly walking down the hall. And Nina and Amber walk up to him. Amber says they've been talking and ask him if he'd like to become an official member of Sabuna. Nina says he was really brave getting the elixir from the cellar. Alfie says, great. Still looking sad. Amber asks why he's not more excited and then he says he is. She says there's an initial ceremony tonight by the burnt out tree in the woods. Alfie, sad face. Wait, I like that the burnt out tree in the woods is like a known spot. Like she was like, go to the burnt out tree in the woods. And he's like, oh yeah, I go there all the time. Like, I'll be there. <laughs> 
like a teen hangout. You know how good they all like smoke weed, but you know they're not. They all smoke weed. At the house, Jerome walks in with a bunch of shopping bags. His phone rings and he looks scared. He answers it and it's Rufus saying he's been waiting to hear from him. Jerome says he doesn't have anything concrete yet, but he has someone working for him on the inside. Rufus says he hopes so because he doesn't take too kindly to silly boys messing him around, especially when he's giving him a lot of money in advance. Jerome says he'll get what he wants and Rufus has to make sure he gets what he wants by midday tomorrow saying they'll meet in the same place. We get a close-up on Jerome's scary face. I said, you're walking with all those packages this week after retail therapy. <laughs> Same, though. After another Taylor Swift store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the woods, Amber's telling Alfie to throw his Jester's hat in the fire and repeat after her. He asks if he has to and says that it's his favorite Jester's hat and without it, he's nothing. Amber says it has to be something special to which Patricia kind of smirks. Amber, like, really went all out for this ceremony. Like, she looks fancy. She's got this, like, fur shawl on. She was like, we are inducting my man. I gotta, like, look great. You gotta look cute. Nobody else compared. So they, we like never saw Patricia get initiated. Do you think they were like just too afraid to make her burn something? <laughs> <laughs> they were scared. Also, you know she made KT and Eddie like go through the official initiation. You know she did. Eddie had to burn a, a hoagie. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia just rolling up with a hoagie like bam. Eddie and KT are too afraid to ask, and she's like, "So we're going to the woods." Yeah. Oh my god, what do you think they would make KT burn? <laughs> a picture of her grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sad that is kind of sad <laughs> a picture of her dead grandpa <laughs> it's a copy of the one she carries around with her all the time it's fine it's just a copy they have some left okay who has a favorite Justin's hat only Alfie has a favorite Justin's hat like, yeah like this implies that's multiple <laughs> He's nothing without it. <laughs> so many jesters hats. Alfie throws it in the fire and Amber raises her hand saying, I, Alfred Marmaduke Lewis. Alfie says, I, Alfie Lewis. Amber says, promise to protect the treasures of Anubis House and all its secrets. Alfie says, promise to protect the treasures of Anubis House. Amber repeats, emphasizing in all of its secrets, and Alfie reluctantly says in all of its secrets, Alfie is declared an official member of Sabuna. They all do the Sabuna sign. Sabubu. Sabubu. Alfred Marmaduke Lewis, an icon. Same. <laughs> He's never done anything wrong today in his life. Nope. Yeah. I love his parents' trait of naming him Alfred Marmaduke. Do we know any of the rest of these people's middle names? This is going to go in a spiral. If I Fabian's middle name is Susan. Nice. Which character do we think wouldn't have a middle name though? Who's gotta be? Oh, isn't KT's like technically Tatiana? Oh, because she's Carla Tatiana, yeah. Is that canon? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she introduces herself. She's like, I'm Carla Tatiana. You can call me KT. I'm from Pennsylvania. (laughs) I'm really happy to be here. (laughs) I love my grandpa. Love my grandpa. I love America. That's how I am, though. You know, she, New Jersey. I love her. You know, Eddie's probably got like some like super old like last like middle name, like something like Edison. super like yeah, Edison. Edison Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, probably. Isn't Sebastian one of the name of our Naro children? 
Oh my god, it totally is. <laughs> Wasn't there a joke about Petty's kids being named like Pancake and Hoagie or something? Yes. And apparently I became friends with both Emily and Sarah because I wrote a joke. I love that for us. <laughs> it's a great way to make friends. Whisper says, unleash the power. Nina looks confused. She asks Amber what she said and Amber says nothing. The voice says, light the way. And there's a swirling around the fire. Nina says, light the way. And Amber asks her what she's talking about. And asks if she's okay. And Nina says she thinks so. Then she says she's not sure. But Nina hears dead people. Nina's hearing voices. Does this mean Eddie, our Osirian, is also hearing voices at this very moment, too? Okay, so, like, assuming it's after school, it would have been, like, 10 or 11, like, in New York, New Jersey, depending on when they get out of school. So, like, that boy would have probably, was probably just like, damn, I partied too hard last night. The hangover hits different. <laughs> oh, Eddie. Mara's reading on the couch when Mick walks in. He says, Mara, hi. I have to tell you. She tells him it's okay, and he doesn't have to say anything because she knows. He says, you do? She says, and I'm cool about it. Mick says he wanted it to be a surprise, and Mara angrily asks if he wanted his new cheerleader girlfriend to be a surprise. I said I love Mara reading, and also her outfit feels cheap Mara. I always associate her with purple. And she had, like, the leggings under the dress. Yeah, it was a Mara outfit. Very Mara. Mara. Also, the, you wanted your new cheerleader girlfriend to be a surprise? I <laughs> my funny bone so hard. I was so sassy. Mick is confused and says he thinks he knows how to clear this up. He unzips his sweatshirt to reveal a t-shirt that says Mara. I'm sorry. He takes pom-poms out of his bag. Props in the car for trying to communicate about a misunderstanding. Look at them go. I'm so proud of my children. Not actually related to this note, but as I was sitting there adding my notes, I genuinely thought that said McTricia, not McGar, and I was, like, really confused. Don't worry, it's coming later. In their room, Jerome is lying on his bed when Alfie walks in. Alfie opens a bag that's on his bed to see a hat and asks Jerome what's for it. Jerome says that he just felt like treating his best buddy. Alfie thanks him and says that weirdly he needed a new hat. Jerome asks Alfie what he's got for him, and Alfie says they know they were changing gifts. Alfie is too good for this world, and I'm not even going to discuss Jerome right now. I do just want to talk about how the hat Jerome gave him is, like, very 2011. It's one of those, like, flat, wide-brim hats that were really popular in the early 2010s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, it's really dating itself. Did you know that Alfie Lewis deserves better? Yeah. <gasps> what? He does? He does. Jerome says he wasn't talking about material goods. Alfie tells him there's an elixir. Jerome says, what does it have to do with the cub? Alfie says, when you drink the elixir from the cub, it keeps you looking young. Jerome asks Alfie if he has some of the elixir, and Alfie looks down. Jerome says he must have some, and Alfie says that Fabian has it. Jerome says Alfie should steal it for him, and Alfie says he can't do that. Jerome says to steal it for him and prove they're still friends because Jerome saved Alfie's life. Alfie looks distressed. Once again, fuck Jerome. This is uh. Uh, who's the worst nature way character, and why is it Jerome? This is why it's Jerome. Yeah, the whole episode speaks for itself. Oh character development. Jerome's one of the better characters. That's true. Okay, okay. But as a person, you're like, if they're a good person or not. Okay, but that's like the entire thing is he never really becomes a good person. He's still like a sleep. He's still like a slime ball. I don't want to call him that. He's still like, you know, he's still an ass. Yeah, where does he ever learn for his actions? Does he ever accept repercussions for his actions? Does he ever apologize? No. Actually, yes, to Joy. Doesn't yeah, he does kind of get better for joy, but like not that much. I don't know. And also, what about everybody else that he was shitty to and never apologized? He's not trying to get in their pants, Viv. That's true. 
Even though I love Jeroy. But... Yeah, I love Jeroy, but I'm getting so better right now that I'm like, questionable. Yeah. It's same. fine. By the time we get to Jeroy in this podcast in like the year 2022, uh, I'll have forgiven or forgotten about this. I'm gonna rem- remind you. I'm gonna remind you. I'm gonna be like, I could be like, okay, but was Joy much better? But Joy is better than Jerome. But Joy, oh, she's way better. Like than a Jerome. thousand times better than Jerome. I think like that's one of the reasons they work is because I think Joy is kind of just as like messed up as he is. He's just a worse person than she is. I don't think she's that bad of a person. I really don't think Joy's a bad person. I think Jerome's a kind of a bad person. Yeah. I think that Joy did some bad things, but I think Joy did some bad things for justifiable reasons, whereas Jerome just being a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Sure. Yeah. I think Joy just had a lot of anger and a lot of hurt, and she didn't know how to deal with it in a healthy way. Jerome, why is he being like this? I mean, like, I get to some extent he, like, is annoyed that Alfie's ditching him for Sabuna, but... This isn't really a reaction to Alfie ditching him for Sabuna. And Alfie only ditched him for Sabuna after he ditched Alfie for Mara. In the living room, Nick is cheering. S to the O to the RRY. I don't have an alibi. I knew my cheating bribe was please, but take me back to where someone's please. Fabian, Amber, and Patricia walked in during this and are very amused. Fabian and Patricia laugh. Fabian says, nice moves, Mick. Patricia says, yeah, you're very impressive, Mick. Mick says, thanks very much, Amber. You finally got what you want. Total humiliation is turned off. Mara calls after him. That's an iconic scene. And also, Amber did something wrong. Amber was just standing there. This is just such a good scene. Yeah. Also, Mick really do be low-key having some anger issues. That I don't know if they would have gotten addressed if he, like, if he didn't leave. But, like, they're, like, just these, like, little tiny... And there's another one of these, like, tiny little kind of... I don't want to call them throwaway lines, but, like, those, like, tragic backstory lines that never pan out into anything. And I don't know if this was one, would have been one of those things where it like would have panned out later. It just never got the chance to. Are those the puppies? Barking? Yeah. Yes. Yes, that scene was cute. It was cute. It was so cute. Where did Mick get the shirt? No one knows. I bet Amber made it for him. Aww. I love a good Mick for friendship. Aww. I love Matchmaker Amber. But then he was like, Amber, you totally humiliated me. Um, rude. She was trying to help you, bro. Anyway. I don't know if he thought like she brought like the rest of their housemates into the room on purpose when he was doing that or like what. Um, yeah, I think he thought that she like purposely brought Fabian and Patricia in there to watch him and like make fun of him. And I think her Fabian and Patricia just kind of happened to walk into the room and then Fabian and Patricia start roasting him. Which also like, yeah. Fabian. Like I get Patricia, but like Fabian, you and Nick are supposed to be like best friends. Like he's trying to get his girl back. Why are you being me? <laughs> yeah that's how the Anubis boys apparently show love in this they just are mean to each other <laughs> toxic masculinity baby I expect better so Nina is standing in the foyer staring at the chandelier Mick walks past her and she doesn't even notice we hear the whisper unleash the power and light the way as lights swirl around the chandelier Victor walks down the stairs and asks Nina what's so fascinating she says nothing and runs upstairs Victor stares up at the chandelier Unleash the power. Can I count this as a Mick Nina scene? Yeah. Well, what? Well, no, they don't. They, they don't get a lot of a lot of moments. So this is my weirdest crack ship. 
This is my weirdest crack ship, she says. You know what your weirdest crack ship is? It's not Nettie. It's not Nettie. <laughs> it is Nettie. Jerome Nina is up there. Nettie Summer Romance. I'm on your team. I'm on the Nettie Summer Romance. Right, you read the fic, right? I'm not even not on this team. Yeah. I just like roasting her because I think it's fun. <laughs> I'm just gonna have a good time. Yeah. Nina's stroking the photo in her locket. I'm so close, Sarah. I can feel it. She says in the foyer. Victor is putting up a ladder under the chandelier and yells at Amber and Patricia to be careful when they walk by. They walk up the stairs, glancing at him. Amber walks into her room and tells Nina that she almost knocked Victor flying when he was changing a light bulb in the chandelier. Nina says she thinks the next clue is hidden in there and they have to stop and they run out of the room. They watch Victor from above. Uh, Nina, you just, you gotta just take a chill pill for five seconds. Just chill. Chill. They try to figure out what to do. Amber tells Nina she better catch her before Nina can question it, pretends to faint. Nina calls for Victor to help her and says she's been on another fad diet. Amber says that her heart is racing and she has a fever, but she's really cold and faint and her ankle hurts. Nina fans her as Victor walks upstairs. Victor tells Nina to go get Trudy, and Victor tells Amber to get up, helping her up, and takes her back to her room. I said, not to be too deep, and this could probably use a trigger warning, so I'll probably include one in the description. But the fact that it's implied Amber regularly goes on fad diets and faints makes me very worried and concerned. Yeah. I also thought that. Me three or four. Me four. I mean, my my note was a little bit more, um, addressed it a little bit more, but I don't really want to get into that. It's a throwaway line, but also I'm just kind of concerned for Amber. I hope she's okay. Oh, yeah, like, that's the example of what I was trying to say earlier about, like, how you they give us, like, these throwaway lines to, like, the tragic backstory. And this is, like, something that I almost, like, if the show was, like, four teens or, like, a Netflix, like, tween drama we probably would have gotten more unlocked and like uh you just ever think about how good the show would be as a teen drama on netflix they really could have just let us if they yeah. started on teen nick like if they had just been like this is going to be a teen nick show they could have addressed so much more and gotten so much deeper with stuff because like i know that degrassi isn't made for teen nick it's made in canada but it aired on teen nick Okay, so like that's like the fun thing because that's like the other show I've been rewatching lately. Except for I decided to take a break and rewatch Power Rangers, or finally watch the new series of Power Rangers. This could have been really good as a teen drama. Our friend Eddie has been watching Um Het Who's Anubis and saying how much more of a like teen drama that one was. So it's interesting that they decided to adapt it but make it for children instead of as a more teen drama type show and. Yeah, I wish that they had adapted House of Anubis for Teen Nick. I don't want to like a teen drama because I think if it was a teen teen drama, like a CW show, it might have gotten too dark because I'm very easily scared and I don't know if I would have been into it as I am. But like, I wish that they got to adapt more mature concepts, especially with the character development. Less with the mystery stuff, but more with the character stuff that they were able to be sad in a non-Nickelodeon way. I mean, you bring that up, but, like, Greenhouse Academy was technically a kid's show on Netflix, but it was also, like, darker, like, character-wise. Like, one of the characters ended up paralyzed. Like, there were several near-death experiences, and, like, it was marketed as a children's show, but it, like, like, you know, if HOA could have done, like, that kind of stuff, like, that kind of, like, darkness, it would have been, like, you know, it would have added so much depth without it being, like, 
there's also no reason that some of this stuff like couldn't have been explored in a kid's show because it used to be stuff that would be explored in kids' audiences or family-friendly audiences, and then we like decided it was like not appropriate. It really wasn't until I rewatched season three this year that I was like, season three is actually very scary. Yeah, season three got kind of dark, at least mystery-wise. But again, not the character development-wise, which is interesting because you think that they would be more likely to go deeper with some character stuff than be like, straight up, these people are possessed and they're about to go to hell. They're all gonna die. We can't give them, like, real emotions, but we can send them to hell. Well, they have to be sad and have characters involved in a Nickelodeon, right? <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way to make a joke about um, Supernatural. Nina hears, find the Demosphere. Nina says, Demosphere, Demosphere, and climbs the ladder of the chandelier. She says, she hears, find the Demosphere hidden below and takes the bottom off the chandelier. A piece of paper falls out. She realizes it's a riddle, and she grabs an egg piece as well and puts it in his bag. She's screwing the bottom back on the chandelier and hears Victor calling for her. She climbs down quickly and covers the riddle with her foot. Victor asks what she's doing and where Trudy is. Nina says she was looking for her, saying, now where's that kitchen again? Victor says, I gave you one simple instruction now, where is Trudy, and tells Nina to go get her. When she doesn't, Victor yells at her to move. They stare dramatically at each other, and Nina's at IDK, where the kitchen is. Just another lie yeah, for right? the compilation. <laughs> oh my god. Nina, please just shut up for five seconds. Just shut up. Imagine being as bad at lying as you and just trying to go through life. <laughs> you won't be able to get away with anything ever. Like, I think that I'm a bad liar. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> anyway, um, that is the first half of our episode. So now for a word from our sponsor. Okay, we are back from our ad break, and I just took my trash out. I threw Jerome out with it. Anyway, Nina is still covering the riddle with her foot, and Victor is telling her to move. Amber comes to the top of the stairs and calls for Victor, telling him the room starts spinning and her ankles are swelling. Nina grabs the riddle. Victor tells Amber Trudy will be with her soon and motions on Nina with his hands to move. Nina says she'll go get Trudy. She goes into the kitchen and tells Trudy Amber fainted. Trudy says, oh my goodness, poor Amber. Um, Amber fainted, fainted, but when she was up and going, like, up in the hallway going, I need Trudy to Victor. Like, ma'am, if you're gonna fake, fake fainting, you gotta fake it all the way through. You gotta commit. Nina opens the riddle. It says, inside the core of my enemy's pride is where the final relic hides. Nina looks confused. Damien walks in and asks what she's doing in a Victor voice. They laugh and flirtily tease each other. She shows him the riddle. He asks where she found it, and she says the demosphere is about a chandelier. They read the riddle together. They're excited about the word final, but Nina is unsure of who the enemy is. Final clue. Wow, we're really we had to see so well. It's wild. <laughs> also, Fabian's Victor impression was spot on. I genuinely thought it was Victor coming up when that whole scene happened. <laughs> Like, for two seconds, I was like, oh my god. Uh, have we discussed the Fabian is related to Victor theory on the pod yet? Like, this was like a fandom theory. Not just an Emily You may have theory. mentioned it. Okay, so back when season two was coming out, there was, like, a misprint on, like, the Apple episode descriptions. So it was about, if actually about Addie and Mr. Sweet, but it said, like, fa- like something about, like, Fabian's, like, like, father is revealed. And, like, a bunch of people thought it was, like, gonna have something to do with Victor and, like, that it, you know, was Eddie Mr. Sweet instead. Oh, yeah. I vaguely remember that. I do not remember any of this, but I forget a lot of random things. Same. 
Anyway, where's our reboot? House of Anubis reboot, or not reboot, but like series, or like, well, it could be a reboot with Brad and Victor, or just like a, a sequel, like with I can't uh, wait for the, series, the sequel series where Fabian is still mourning Nina and he just becomes Victor. At the, he's the Vic. <laughs> That's kind of sad. Sad. I like to just think that Fabian just is like I really love Egypt and like I really love this house. Fabian is like the only one who thinks he can keep the house safe because we all know Eddie would not be moving back to the house, back to that school. Eddie would be like, "Bye, y'all. Gonna go eat some hoagies elsewhere." He's like, "Patricia, we're moving to America." You Patricia like we are not moving to America, and then like when Trump gets elected, Patricia would be like, "See, bitch, we're gonna have Patricia immediately packing her bag like we're moving back." Alfie walks in and and asks them what's up, and asks if they're sleuthing or flirting. Fabian asks, "Oh, ha, ha, ha," and says, "Nina found another piece." Alfie says, "Great," and then asks what they did with the elixir he brought back. Fabian says, "It's under his mattress," and asks why. Alfie says he wants to know. It was somewhere safe and runs off. Nina says that was strange, even for Alfie. Alfie calling that out for flirting. I love him. Same. I love how all these kids get put Nina. I mean, same. Fabian asks Nina how she knew where the demosphere was. Nina says her intuition moments have been getting stronger since Sarah died. Fabian asks in what way. Nina says she's gonna sound crazy, but she's been hearing voices. She says Fabian is wondering if she's insane, and he says he's wondering if they've got it all wrong about Joy being the chosen one. Nina tells him to not say that because it freaks her out a lot and runs off. Fabian calls after her, looking confused. I said this is a good character moment for Nina. You can tell she's starting to realize she probably is the chosen one, but is super in denial about it. In their room, Alfie is telling Jerome it would be too suspicious if he steals the elixir tonight. Jerome tells him that he can't wait because he needs something concrete tonight, and he wants Alfie to sneak into Fabian's room during supper and take it. Alfie says, well, no, it's him, and Jerome says, he'll do it. Alfie says he'll think it's him. Jerome asks, what then? Alfie says there are puzzle pieces that are like clues that lead to the treasure and that Nina found one tonight, and they're really important. Alfie says he can't get his hands on them, but he can draw them. He says Jerome can show the drawings to the guy and he'll know that Jerome knows that he's talking about, or he will know that Jerome knows what he's talking about, and then they can steal the elixir on laundry day. Jerome says they can pin the blame on Trudy. Jerome says keep sketching Shaza. I guess, okay, Alfie's drawings are really good. We never see him draw again, but he's really good at drawing. Yeah, they are really good. And, like, especially off of memory, too. He didn't have them in front of him. And he was just like, let me just, like, do these, like, perfect replicas. <laughs> Alfie, talented magician, talented artist. What can't he do? Get a man who can do both. It's time for our weekly tangent. What kind of nonsense will it be today? It's the tangent of the week. Jerome truly did wake up every day and he chose violence. Yeah. Um. Also, Jerome trying to then blame Trudy for the elixir going missing. Like, what is wrong with him? Victor would fire her for that. He got himself in some situation called, I told Rufus I have information when I have no information and now I'm going to act like an asshole to everyone so I can try to get some information because I got money from Rufus and I spent it all going on a shopping spree. That's not even, like, it's not like Jerome was like, I'm poor and desperate for money. I need this money, so I'm going to try to get money by lying to Rufus and telling him. Yeah. Got money because he decided to go on a shopping spree for I truly, and I think we've talked about this before, but I really do think Jerome, like, values his self-worth and, like, material things and, like, money. Because I truly believe, because it's implied that his parents are either, like, it's implied his parents are, they've got to be divorced, right, if he had no recollection of his dad. So I truly wonder if, like, his mom, like, did the whole, like, struggling single mom thing and then somehow came into money, married someone with money, suddenly just suddenly had money. And so, like, he just sees 
his worth in finances and like the things he has yeah because i think development wise if they had to be like jerome like needs money because i think in season two he kind of ends up needing money mm-hmm. and does some shady stuff because he needs it right yeah he had been doing shady stuff because he needed money then similarly to how i was discussing with joy there seems to be some motivation there Mm-hmm. And I wish that they had maybe dived deeper into like the something like you're saying, like with him like valuing material things for like validation, and then not just being like Jerome feels like going on a shopping spree for fun and not because he values himself or because I agree with what you're saying and I think that's probably accurate, but I don't know if the show mm-hmm. like Joe needs to like I don't know be more clear about that because I feel like they kind of just make it be like Jerome is just being an asshole literally everyone including Alfie who has always been a good friend to him and like been his best friend for no reason other than he just wanted to get money from Rufus so he lied and then his reasoning for getting money is I just want to buy a bunch of dumb shit yeah I I also buy dumb shit so not hating on him for buying dumb shit but I'm not seeing shady stuff to get money to buy dumb shit at dinner Trudy's slaying Amber she seems like she's feeling better after episode amber thanks her saying that it was terrible and terrifying jerome quickly finishes his dinner and thanks trudy handing her her plate and cup and alfie watches alfie asks where he's going and places to go people to see he asks trudy again and ru- he thinks trudy again and runs off patricia asks nick if he's thinking of joining the school's pom-pom squad he asks why she would think that and she says that he thought he was doing his cheerleading audition piece earlier and invitation Im- imitates him he says very funny and gets up telling amber they're all in kitchen duty she says she'll be with him in a sec paving asks alfie if he's lost his appetite and alfie thanks trudy Handing her his cup and plate and runs off. McTricia. We love to see it. McTricia. I know. I love when she mocks his cheerleading. It's so funny. Amber asks Mara if she wants to swap chores with her. Mara asks why she would do chores when it's Amber's turn. Amber says that she knows Mara needs to get into the kitchen and so out with Mick. And Mick says and says that Mick is crazy about her. Mara says no, just crazy. Amber says that they're perfect for each other and tells her that she knows Mara wants to. And she should go that everyone wins because Amber just got her nails done. Mara walks into the kitchen. I love matchmaker Amber and how she cares about Mick and Mara and wants them both to be happy. The breakup with Mick obviously hurt her, but she's now over it. It has grown. I just love the line where Mara was like, no, just crazy. And then Amber's like, then you're perfect for each other. Like, that was such a subtle jab at both of them. I'm an Amber stand person, then a person second. I love her. I love Amber. <laughs> Nina looks at the riddle, then gestures for Amber, Pavian, and Patricia to follow her into the hall. Alfie walks down the hall to find Jerome looking under Pavian's mattress. He yells at Jerome, saying they agreed to wait a few more days, and Jerome tells Alfie, no, you agreed. He says that he's not there, he keeps looking for it. Jerome says that Alfie's new buddy is feeding him false information. They obviously don't trust him and aren't real friends. Alfie says they swore him in as a platinum member of their club. Jerome says they're using Alfie, and he used to be such a good judge of character. Alfie asks what about Jerome's new friend and who this guy is and how he knows he can trust him. Alfie is trying to look out for Jerome, and Jerome is being the worst. This is just, like, truly an I hate Jerome episode. And, like, I'm trying to see his side of things. Like, I know he's afraid, like, if he doesn't pull through for Rufus, like, he's going to do bad things to him. But still, like, he shouldn't have gotten into the situation in the first place. It's really bad. Yeah. Yeah, like, his motivation at this point kind of makes sense because, like, Rufus is coming after him. But what was his motivation for getting involved with Rufus? It was just money, which is, you know, we had no reason to get the money, so. Well, I think, like, part of the reason he got in contact with Rufus in the first place was that he was just, like, 
pissed that he was like being left out of things but, but like you also didn't really want to be involved with that stuff anyways in the kitchen Mara says so blue and white pom-poms Nick asks what about them Mara says they suit him but he, she would have had, had it matching hair bows and he tells her not to start she says didn't you used to have a sensitive sense of humor once he said didn't you used to go out with me once she says he knew he hadn't lost it in Flashes him with soap, he flashes her back, they do this for a while and kiss each other. Mick asks if she's surrendered, and Mara says no, as a not to be run up, but this is cute. It is really cute. My my note literally said also like not to sound like Bren, but this is cute. We are just becoming one. One brain cell. This is an iconic Makara scene. It was always in all of my edits for them. Like the do you surrender line is coming back around soon and it's a great moment and just my ship. I really kind of forgot that this happened. I don't remember the scene existing. I really don't. <laughs> I don't either. Like, as soon as they said that line, I was like, oh, I know what's coming. I was like, this, this is good. Alfie says, shows Jerome his drawing of a puzzle piece and says, not bad, Alfie Van Gogh. And says, you should keep Rufus happy for a while. At least Alfie says, Rufus. Jerome says, oh. And Alfie angrily says, Rufus, you know, that's who you're dealing with. He tells Jerome, Rufus is a nut job and kidnaps Patricia. Jerome says he thinks they would have noticed if he kidnapped Patricia because... It would have been quieter around the house. Alfie tells him to draw from Jerome. Jerome tells him to give them back, and Alfie runs behind with Jerome chasing him. The fact that Alfie straight up says that he kidnaps Patricia and Jerome is like, nah, Patricia's annoying. Oh my god. I'm so mad. I also remember Alfie's really good at drawing, which I think I already said, but yeah, okay. So, mind you, Rufus did kidnap Patricia, and good on Alfie for like coming at Jerome because he knows Rufus is shady, and kidnap Patricia, and I love Patricia. But also just like being a good friend, Alfie, yeah. And it sucks that Jerome doesn't believe him because like he keeps being like, Oh, we're best friends, I'm your friend, and then now he's like, Oh, I don't believe what you're saying. Yeah. <sighs> like, um, and the fact that Jerome is really like, I do not believe you that Patricia got kidnapped. Like, why would Alfie like, why would he about, that? about that? He's not Nina. <laughs> Nina would not say that because Nina can't lie. Nina wouldn't lie about that. Yeah, because she sucks at lying. Nina would be like, oh yeah, Patricia like went to the store for like four days. Yeah. Like she was genuinely gone for several days. Like, where did Jerome think she was? Did he like just not notice? Like what? Yeah. Nick goes to splash water on Mara and accidentally dumps it all over Victor. Alfie and Jerome run into the kitchen with Sam Shrew and they see Victor. He grabs the drawings from Alfie and gestures at them all. Alfie and Jerome start whispering chaos. I like completely forgot that Victor ends up the drawings and I was like, oh my god, I'm stressed. Like this is too much. All I remember is Nakata. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on at this point. I don't yeah. remember any of it. Chaotic energy is more so even on this podcast right now. No thoughts head empty, just Mick and Mara. No thoughts, Emily's looking at Power Rangers gifts on Tumblr.com. Nick asks Mara if she surrenders, and she says, yes, they kiss. Jerome looks crossed out, and Alfie walks away, and then tag yourself on doing them, doing this right here and right now. Victor, I think Victor walked away, but Alfie and Jerome are literally right there, and they're just like, oh, do you surrender? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, I love you. Laura, it's just confirmed. Like, I'm pretty sure Mara has to be a Sagittarius, because she's just as messy as we are. <laughs> I don't <laughs> that level messy. <laughs> Um, but this scene just like makes my heart happy. Like, do you surrender? Yes. Oh, it's so cute. It's cute. It's very it makes cute. Me so happy. I don't know it's why I'm Alfie and Jerome. <laughs> Nick and Mara are always like, let's just make out in front of random people. 
they don't care. They're just too in love. I mean, I guess I'm several normal teenagers, so I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I'm like, ew, I would not. That makes me so uncomfortable. Jerome asks Alfie what he's going to show Rufus tomorrow, and he tells Alfie to draw more. Alfie says, no way. Jerome says he needs them because Rufus paid him money. Alfie said, no, you signed away your soul. He tells Jerome to give the money back, and he says he can't because he's spending all his stuff like the hat. Like, he got Alfie. Alfie picks up the hat and says that you're in big trouble, dude, and throws the hat at Jerome. <laughs> Nina and Amber's room. Nina, Amber, and Patricia, and Fabian are reading the riddle. Nina is excited. She says, final relic. I can't believe we're so close. Amber repeats, core, core, at which Patricia laughs. She says, Amber sounds like Corvier. It makes a sound to you. Nina calls them genius, and Amber says, I know why. Maybe <laughs> since Corbier is the right to enjoy, they're also cute. I love the squad. Also, Vorbier confirmed. She <laughs> <laughs> was cute, but like I, I felt like it was a stretch. Like how they got from the riddle to the answer. Like Amber just going like core, core, and they're like, oh, that sounds like a raven. And I was like, what? Where did that come like, from? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a raven. Like they could even say core sounds like the name Corbier. They were like, that's the yeah, right. Corbier is dead. Well, taxidermy animal he don't make noise and also ravens don't say core they say like call i guess the way because like with their accents it was like call i was just kind of like all right yeah you know, weird flex but okay <laughs> you guys like we got like three episodes left we gotta get through this riddle in fast <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're running out of time. Amber says, "Nice deduction. You guys are so good together, like Scooby and Shaggy." Nina says, "Thanks for that, Amber." Patricia has the final clues inside Korea. Nina says she thinks more. I love all the Scooby Doo references. I also love everyone just calling Nina a baby now for flirting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when you do that in real life, when you call people out for flirting. That's a weird way to call them out, though. Like, Scooby and Shaggy aren't dating. They're yeah, like, like, they're so good together. Like, Scooby that's and Shaggy. A, yeah, that's a dog and a person. I mean, <laughs> Nina does kind of treat him like a dog sometimes, so. No. Victor calls Mr. Sweet and tells him that the Brads have the egg pieces. Mr. Sweet asks if he's sure. Victor says if they don't have the pieces, they have information to point them in the right directions. Mr. Sweet says they'll contact Daphne immediately, and Victor says they'll come over now. Nina and Fabian walk into the hall by Victor's office, and he walks past them and out the door. Nina asks Fabian if he's thinking what she's thinking, and they run into Victor's office. They examine Corbier, but Nina doesn't see anything. Victor doesn't see them. They're right there. Obviously up to something. My note is irrelevant to the plot, but when Nina and Fabian were standing in the hall, the lighting was very beautiful. Good job, lighting team. It looked like golden hour. Like, they somehow replicated sunset coming through the windows in the foyer. Looked really great. Mr. Speed's just hanging out in his office all night at all times. Like, does Mr. Speed have a house? Where does he sleep? No. <laughs> he sleeps in the office like Victor. Okay, well, that's... Yeah. <laughs> okay, because, like, in season two, like, Eddie's first episode, he was out late with his relative, but then every time, like, he hangs out with his dad, like, outside of school, it's just, like, in his office. Yeah. They clearly have, like, staff housing on campus, because, like, Jason Winkler shows up at all hours of the night. Denby lived on, like, in the gatehouse, so, like, he's gotta have, like, a place, like, either, like, right off campus or, like, on camp... Well, on campus, but, like... You think his you think his kid would like go stay at his house once or once in a while, you know? And he's like, I'm gonna call Daphne, so Miss Andrews also obviously lives like basically on campus or close to campus because it's like obviously in the middle of the night. And he's like, yeah, let me just hit her up. She's gonna come, come over. Okay, plot twist: 
Mrs. Andrews used to live in the gatehouse, and that it was oh. vacant after she left until then we moved Ooh. in. Ooh. That check out. Except, had canon accepted. Did Mr. Andrews yeah. was there too? I thought she was single. I thought she and Mr. Sweet had a thing, so we're not gonna unpack all of that. She probably just has some, like, random job, like, in town, doing something unrelated to this stupid school. Yeah. <laughs> Like she's always like MIA in the middle of the night. She's like, bye, honey. You gotta go to my like secret Egyptian cult club. And he's like, bye, sweetie. You're doing great. She pretends she has a late night book club. Like, what if her husband's dead because she's like secretly really old because she's taken the elixir of life? So, like, her husband died like a hundred years ago, but she just takes the elixir of life. Interesting take. I mean, all of them are taking the elixir of life, are they? Or have they not taken it yet and they're just like trying no. to. No. I thought that the only person taking it was Victor. Because at the end of season one, when they bring in Joy, they're talking about how all of the other people, all of the other adults on the in the society have, like, medical issues, and that's why they wanted to join the club. Right? I would like to unpack more of that. I because, think you're like, right. Do you ever think about the fact that Mr. S- like, Mr. Sweet got in contact with his son, like, right after the, like, whole elixir of life, like, eternal life thing failed? Oh. You ever think about that? Oh, you know, oh my god. Is- oh. oh my god. So many episodes of House of Anubis, so little backstory, so many things yeah. that I would love to be explored. So many questions. Anyway. In Mr. Sweet's office, Victor's laying out Alfie's drawing of the pieces. Mrs. Andrews recognizes one of them as the piece that was stolen from Victor's safe that they thought Rufus had taken. Mr. Sweet asks if the other items are what that you think they are. Victor says yes. Mr. Sweet asks what they're going to do. Victor says he needs space and time to search the place. Miss Andrews says they can't just search the place because the students and parents would be up in arms. Victor says unless we have a good reason, it says he has an idea. I'm waiting for the parents to sue Victor. Maybe that's why they got how they got Trudy back. Maybe Mick's dad just was like, so if you don't get her back, I'm suing. Goodbye. But I am proud of Mrs. Andrews for being the sane one who's like, um, we can't just like mess with the school for our own personal gain. Like we are, we are teachers first and society members second. Baby. <laughs> tells Nina to try and turn Corvier's head and says he saw this film once. Nina tells him he has weird taste in film. She's reluctant but takes his head off. They're close out but inside her rear is the piece that says end. They wonder what it means. The Fabian thinking it could mean they come to end the search but Nina wondering where the cup is. They see Victor walk back to the house and wonder how to get Corvier's head back on. I said I think I've seen this film before. <laughs> 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 it's what movie does Fabian watch it? If you didn't catch um, Laura's really hilarious tweet on Twitter, go check it out at Anubis wow, Podcast. I, I was so proud of myself. <laughs> Some great um, Taylor Swift Anubis crossover content. <laughs> My favorite content. Um, I would just like to know how Victor got to the school and back so fast because it felt like he was only gone for like five minutes. Like, how close is the school? Mind you, they walked into Victor's office as Victor was leaving. So you're right. Victor left, got all the way to Mr. Sweet's office, had this whole meeting with Mr. Sweet and Miss Andrews, and then got out. But they were still in the office, so a little sus. It's kind of on them. <laughs> I, w- I would say the school's like gotta be like a five minute walk from the house top. Like, how long did you think the meeting with Mr. Sweet and Ms. Andrews was? Well, if Mr. Sweet was there to be the earth sign to keep them on topic and not let them get too chaotic, what did Corbiere ever do to Nina? But also, like, who hid the piece? Like, in right? The anyways? Yeah. Robert? Okay, so, like, was that, like, Victor Sr.'s? Did, like, was it Robert's and then, like, Victor ended up with it? Like, what is the chain How of old events? is this word? <laughs> it, it was in the scenes with Victor and his dad, right? Like, when Victor... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like... Because Sarah talks about the blackbird. Okay, so, like, Corbiere, I guess, is Victor's dad's bird. But 
Um, like, who did, yeah, I don't know who put this piece inside Corvier, this Victor's dad, question mark? Who made Corvier? Who was like, let me stuff this raven real quick. I've got so many questions about this, and only this. Okay, now it's time for Ship of the Week. Mind you, I wrote Fabina. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, excuse me, my OTP did not get together for you to say Fabina gets Ship of the Week. (laughs) I was like, no, no. So I took my commentary, like, I took my commentary notes, like, a day after I took my summary notes, and somehow by the time I got to the bottom of this document and was picking Ship of the Week, I forgot that Mikari got back together and was being cute, and I was like, Fabina was flirting, like, I couldn't have So disappointed. I'll give Mikara. Mikara gets Ship of the Week. <laughs> they are these Ship me- Meanwhile, Emily said, with Trisha. <laughs> Make it beat off for being JK. JK, I put Mikara. What are your thoughts, Viv? Who would you uh, name Ship of the Week? Uh, Mikara. Yeah. Thank you. You're on my side. It's like, Brenna might yell at me if I don't like, who's supposed to ship? So, brain spell of the week, I said, maybe? Yeah, I think that seems right, because he, he got the Corbier thing figured out. And- yeah. Okay, so we have some voice memos from our friend Alyssa. I mean, I, Alyssa, I mean, Alyssa's boss. Okay, so there are three of them from Alyssa. The first one is about this episode from Alyssa and her mom. Hey guys, it's Alyssa. My mom and I are currently watching House of Allegiance, House of Lights, and she had a couple of insights that she wanted to share. Or at least just one insight. I love Alfie's Space Invaders shirt. It's so cute. And I love that he wears it in a couple of episodes. It must be one of his favorite shirts. Yes, I love it. I'm here for the Alfie love. It is a good shirt. It is a good shirt. He does wear it a lot, and I I think we've touched on this before that we like that the students rewear their clothes a lot because it feels realistic. Yeah, but I do really like that it does seem like Alfie loves that Space Invader shirt. It checks out because Alfie's really into aliens in season one, and yeah, yeah. All right, so the next clip is titled "Alyssa's Mom Rants About Jerome, Including the Fact That He Needs to Go to Therapy." <laughs> He's stupid. Who is stupid? Jerome is stupid. <laughs> Ridiculous. And not very nice friends, and he gets himself into stupid trouble. He's rude to Alfie, projects all of his. When Alfie says that he's a bad friend, it's really Jerome reflecting on himself. Right. <laughs> Any other thoughts? <laughs> yeah, he just. Is it a counselor? I don't know. He does have daddy issues, so it makes sense. Well, I mean, he's just not a good friend. He thinks he's going to be nice, and then he's not. And, yeah. It's true. Yeah. And what is he getting messed up in all of that with? It's like she was doing the podcast with us today. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, no. Spot on, spot on. Spot on. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Alyssa's mom. For sure. And that's how we stand, Alyssa's mom. That was great. I'm like, the serotonin that voice memo gave me, like, I vibe it. I'm feeling great. That was like, that just 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Agree. All of the thoughts, all of the feelings. And we've got one last short one. This one's just titled, And the Anubis Boys Need Haircuts. They all, they all need haircuts. 
Those boys have way too long hair. They can hardly see where they're going. The real mystery of the show is everybody's hair. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't notice. I, think I know just like that was that was the thing in the twenty tens, right? It was. They're all very like. You see that I have. Wait, I never wear my hair. That Emily's long hair looks cute. She's, She's got a haircut, cute. but yeah, I didn't notice the new boys' haircuts or lack of haircuts. I did. I did. Today I was thinking about how Mick had like a Justin Bieber cut, but. Bless you. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I noticed how shaggy Jerome's hair was. So yeah, thank you so much, Alyssa, uh, for sending in those voice clips of you and your mom. Those are really fun. Thank you. <laughs> so iconic. I loved it. And yeah, as usual, guys, if you want to be featured in an episode, you can head to anchor.fm slash Anubis backwards and submit your own voice clips. And maybe we will react to them like we just did with these ones. So we're going to play a little game. And I know we just did Taylor Swift uh, song sorting last week, but... Vivian is with us today. Big Taylor Swift fan, so we had to play a Taylor Swift game with her. So Yay! So I hope you enjoy our Taylor Swift. I like how we call this a game as if this isn't just <laughs> So we're Am I am we're I gonna, going, you're am gonna I do the shuffling, yeah. Cause you always yeah. So we're sorting songs from nineteen eighty nine. Right, yeah, House of Anubis care we're not sorting songs, we're um giving our House of Anubis character ships lots of uh nineteen eighty nine songs. I know places. Oh, <laughs> thinking about the conversation front that I had earlier. Oh no, no. Um, Patricia and Jason. <laughs> we said it. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I knew everything earlier. Siri, play. I know places. Couples like Fabina at the end of season one, Jeroy at the end of season three, Petty at the end of season three. I don't know, that seems like too soft for Petty. Yeah. I actually straight up put Jara down in my notes. Jara, but they're not they're they're not they're not like real little. I don't know. I don't know. I'd say if I had to pick anyone for pauses and says you're my best friend. You are in love has specific friends to lovers vibes. Yeah, so that's Sabina. Sabina. Yeah. My song is style, and for that, I have to say Droy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Viv, you have new romantics. Um, Sabuna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> squad vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, squad. Squad vibe. Squad vibe. Yeah. Can I second this with um the Anubis Sisterhood? Yeah. Yes. yes. Good. <laughs> Laura, you have I Wish You Would. Okay, honestly, in my mind, that's a Nursey Deck song, and I apologize. 
Wrong fandom. <laughs> okay, see, there's certain songs I have associations with for other fandoms, and sometimes I'm bad at this game. The only one we're going to let okay, slide is out of the world. Okay, um, I wish you would... Who broke up, but, like, dramatically... Maybe um Petty in season three. I'd say Petty early season three. You always knew how to push my butts. You gave oh, me yeah. this mad, mad love makes you come running to stand back where you stood. Because apparently it's not stand back wasted, everyone. It's stand back where oh. you stood. Yeah. That is news to me. I always thought it was wasted. I thought it was wasted for so long. Clear when she says words because it's also August sips away like a bottle of wine and what? Girl? Yeah. That is also news to me like three months. Oh, there was a treacherous one I just learned. Uh, oh, the nothing safe is worth the drive. I thought she was saying not being safe is worth the drive. Like she, like she's gonna go protect them. Uh, Brenna, your song is this love. Petty? Yeah. Love is good. This love is bad. This love True. is alive. Back from the dead. Yeah. This love came back to me. It feels like petty. I guess it could be Jeroy too because they like briefly broke up. Problem with like the love songs on this album that make me think of Petty is they're like too soft for a Petty, but they make me think of Petty. But I'm like they don't work for Petty. Like, I wish you would work for Petty. Soft. I wish you was good for Petty. Yeah, maybe I'll yeah. say Joy for this one then. They had like messy beginning. I got wildest dreams, and for some reason I put Petty, and then in parentheses I put Mason. <laughs> what? Uh, why? Not Mason. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I thought it was funny. I think that's why I did it. <laughs> Wait, what if that one was Amphi? Yeah, I feel like that could be Amphi because, like... Oh, yeah. Standing in a nice dress. Amber would be like, you need to remember me standing in a nice dress. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, remember me, but, like, I gotta look... But I look good. I look good. (laughs) I run well in a nice dress. Uh, Viv, you have bad blood. (laughs) Hmm. Right now? Um, all of us and Jerome. <laughs> I was gonna say Joy and Nina, but I like that one better. I love the thought yeah. of us all just having bad blood with Jerome. It used to be bad blood. I'm thinking that almost like in the music video. Now we have bad blood. And then it's season three, you forgive, you forgive, but you never like <laughs> That's our thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Laura, you got out of the woods. Chum, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Emily said that I could give out of the woods to Chum, even though it's not a house of It's It's her out of fandom pass. I don't know. Can anyone think of a house of new? I associate Maybe that. Maybe Sabina season two. Maybe. They don't We're built to fall yeah. apart and then fall back together. doesn't deserve the Chum anthem. <laughs> <laughs> I did literally um, tell I'll her. I'll say Joy just for you. Uh, it doesn't make any sense, but it's just more. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I think it's a house of Nubis couple. I, I think can't think of a house of Nubis couple. I can see that too. We could get Troy. Yeah, maybe. I, I associate Out of the Woods, like, from. Okay, Out of the Woods, mind you, guys, this is some history of the universe, and this isn't about House of Nubis, and I'm sorry if you never watched Wolf or if you do not care. I'm <laughs> <laughs> You should Sorry, Vivian. You have to guest. Your guest host. You have to listen to me because you love me. <laughs> Vivian has been helping me being on my Sean bullshit for a very long time. I put up with a lot. Laura. <laughs> Vivian, I put up with a lot. Okay, 
the pre-sequel. A pre-single, right? Like, it wasn't a real single, but it came out. It did. I distinctly remember the night it came out. I was towards the end of the season three of, um, Le Flood. Mind you, towards the end of season three, Sean suddenly decided to start becoming canon out of nowhere. Mind you, all they do is hang out in the woods. Their whole hangout, the whole show of Le Flood, if you've never seen it, everyone's in the woods at all times. They never leave the woods. They live in the woods. They're always in the woods in the dark at night. They never get out of the woods. They will die. They're always in the woods. Anyway. So, mind you, I think the second that we saw the track with me and Emily were like, LOL, out of the woods. This is a song about what? <laughs> so then when we yeah. listened to it, I think it came out, like, right before, like, right when probably, like, that Cold of Tom episode came out. Probably around then. And that was, like, the Shaw moment of the universe with that whole monologue that I have memorized to this day because I'm a loser. <laughs> anyway. Um... Yes, Out of the Woods became a Sham song, and then the day that 1989 came out, it's the same exact day as the season three finale of Wolfblood aired, so I was having a lot of emotions. Tom and Shannon kiss in the season three finale of Wolfblood, officially canon, forever, end game. Also, Taylor Swift 1989. So, I apologize, that's the one song I gotta pass on, but if we're gonna okay. listen to a chip, they probably would go maybe to Favino or I would give it to Joy because <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. And now, Prada, your song is Wonderland. Maybe like it'd be Sabuna for sure. Oh, that makes sense. I said like, Rufus Sarah. Like would it be a couple in Sabuna though, or just like all? Of I don't Sabuna? know, because like it is a song about like a couple, but like I also feel like as Sabuna as a whole, it should apply because it's literally like when I found Wonderland, you and I got lost in it. Mm-hmm. That it would last forever, so it could. Babina, if we're going specific couple, life is life is never worse and never better. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's Babina. I got welcome to New York into that. I just say Eddie Miller. Thank you. Good night. Uh, I was gonna say Amber in Fashion School. <laughs> oh, that's oh, yeah. even better. Eddie Miller. I mean, Eddie Miller. I was thinking Amber too. Amber in Fashion School. I changed my. I changed my answer. AU where Eddie runs into Amber in the city post uh, Didn't we just this one time and we were like, did it wait, did it say that it needs to be a fake where like Amber and Eddie have like drunk sex in New York? <laughs> yes. I love oh my God. Their theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Viv, how to get the, how you get the girl. I don't remember the song well enough. Give me a second. <laughs> it's okay, um, I'll sing it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can I suggest something? Oh, wait, I don't want to like. I want to say uh, maybe Jeroy. Yeah. Oh, that would be cute. What was your suggestion, Brenna? I'm nosy. I want to know. Um, I was just thinking of the scene today with Mick getting the girl back with his with his cheerleading. I was thinking. Oh yeah. Too, so I'm glad we're all over the place. Yeah. There's. there's... <laughs> There's a lot of ships a having to get back on. together in this show. Every ship brings up and gets back together. The house of the new writers really says you're in a slow little time we're over now. Okay, Laura, you have Shake It Off. All of them, I guess. Like, season two finale party, and they're like, let's dance, folks, Sangara. I mean, like, a sad version, slow version of Shake It Off, I'd say, like, Joy. Like, lyrically, Joy. But, like, what yeah. if it's when Joy and Mick are dancing together at the end? Shake it off. When baby? When was Joy and 
Joe and Mick. They danced together at the the party at the end. What? Moi house? Yeah. Who did you dance with Mick when Moi was? It's it's like in the background. It's like not a big moment, but it's in the background and they're dancing together. We have to find this. Yeah, um, oh, I'm sure there's gifts of it. I'll send you guys okay caps, but you know, I will do that tomorrow. Your girl's right, you remember to too, right, Emily? I'm not crazy. No, I remember too. <laughs> I yeah, remember when hugged, but really small, and I was sad about it. Like, they hugged, but like, oh, yeah. Zoom! Let them hug! Let them hug for real. We never got a real Petrowski hug in three seasons of the show. We were robbed. Disappointing. Uh, Greta, your song is Blank Space. My favorite. Oh. It's Mara. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a long list of ex-lovers will tell you I'm insane, but I've got a Blank Space baby in all right names. Darling, I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. If that's not Mara in season three, then I don't know what is. You can make the bad boys good for a weekend. <laughs> I was going to say petty. We've switched. <laughs> we are morphing into each other. <laughs> okay. Um. Do we have any special announcements to close? No. Just uh, like we said in the beginning, send us little video clips or audio clips. Again, the link will be on our social media in our link tree. Come be a part of the 10-year anniversary project. Also, okay. if you were a Jerome Stan and he listened to this entire thing, to that I say thank you. You get points. I apologize that your man is being trash. I don't know. Can I plug myself? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go follow Viv. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Trash. And you can read my writing on my website, which is VivianGeats.com. Everyone go follow Viv. She's a real trooper for putting up with our bullshit tonight, especially mine. Um, She puts up with my bullshit a lot. I love love it. (laughs) I've been putting up my bullshit since 2011. Literally. You've been friends for so long. No, you can follow us at Anubis Podcast on Twitter, at Anubis Backwards Pod on Instagram, in Anubis Backwards on Anchor. TikTok Anubis Backwards Pod. You can email us at anubisbackwardspod at gmail.com. And then voice memos to our anchor if you want anything. And again, like if you want to participate in the 10 year anniversary project, check out our social media. Very excited about it. And thank you for listening as per usual. Um, thanks everyone. And see you next week. See you next week. So much I wanted to say. Where I see it, is there anyone there? No. No. <laughs>